Uh, yeah, uh, my name is Nick Roth. Um, friends and family, both spiritual and literal. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> my parents are here, for those of you that don't know. Um, love it. Anyway, um, yeah, so we've been going through the book of Colossians, and we actually just started last week. So if you're new, it's a good time to jump on board. And uh, Wyatt got to share with us last week. That was awesome. Um, thanks for that, Wyatt. But I'm going to pick right up where he left off. And uh, so if you wouldn't mind flipping there with me, Colossians chapter 1. We're going to start. Reach Timothy, you've gone too far. Colossians chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 9. But um, by quick way of review, um, if I could steal the words of Alan Shelby, um, we kind of zoomed in on verses 4 and 5 uh, last week from what I recall. And we saw uh, faith as our past redemption and love as our present resource and hope of our future rapture. Um, so we're going to launch off of that uh, right into verses 9. So as I read them, go ahead and follow along with me. Also, there's usually slides. I don't think we're going to have slides tonight. So just if you like looking and wonder, just try and, and listen. Uh, I'll read everything we go to. So anyway, start in verse 9 says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Uh, let's have a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, um, Lord, thanks so much for letting us be here tonight. Uh, thanks for all these people that are here and uh, the fact that we can meet together and open your word together and um, sing together and, Lord, just, just fellowship together. Um, we're grateful for that and grateful for the things that you've done in us and are doing in us through these groups, um, through your word. Uh, we pray that you get the glory from everything that happens tonight and that we could walk away um, with a plan for this week and more intentional um, as we go out those doors, more intentional for your kingdom's sake. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, all right. so my plan is kind of just to go verse by verse through this and just look at some things that the Lord uh, showed me through it, and we'll get some cross-references and all of that. Um, but just as a general theme that kind of kept popping out to me throughout this passage is just discipleship. And as we get through there, I'll kind of explain some of the things that popped out to me with that. So um, hopefully they'll make sense to you. Um, but back to verse 9. Um, For this cause we also... Since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Okay, the very first thing that I saw is the word we. For this cause, we also. He doesn't, Paul doesn't say just I. He says we. And who's the we? If you scan right back up at the first verse of the, of the book, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother. So it's Paul and Timothy, together, we, are writing uh, this book to us. And... Kind of further on top of that, if you want to flip a page over to chapter 4 from, and start in verse 7, I want to point out a few other names. And verse 7, Paul says, All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I've sent unto you for the same purpose. Verse 8, With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Verse 10, 
uh, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, and verse 11, and Jesus, which is called Justice, who are of the circumcision, these only are my fellow workers under the kingdom of God. Verse 12, Epaphras, we, we saw him last week. And finally, in verse 14, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. They say hi. That's all. <laughs> but, but, nonetheless, uh, I thought that was cool because Paul's saying we, but it's, and yeah, specifically Timotheus, but he's got kind of like a little clan going here. Uh, he's got, this is a joint effort. And so when he says we pray for you and we desire, you know, I think it, yeah, of course, him and Timothy, but also all of these people that have some sort of role there with, with the Colossians. And so I thought that's awesome because what are we doing? We're doing the small group thing and we're doing that to be intentional. And, you know, we're going to meet together and encourage one another and pray with each other, for each other, uh, and try to be intentional about our relationships. And that's awesome. And in, in the theme of discipleship, you know, discipleship can happen on various levels. And there's, well, there's three major ones, or only three, I guess. Uh, you know, large group setting. So Paul's writing to the Colossians. That's like the whole church, a bit, you know, large group. And then small group setting, that, those people that we just saw named. And then one-on-one with him and Timothy. And, you know, Timothy was his son in the faith. First Timothy 1-2 says, uh, meaning he witnessed to Timothy, and Timothy got saved, and he discipled him, he being Paul. And so, man, there's one-on-one discipleship there, but there's a group. I mean, you can see that in Jesus' ministry. Uh, in our church, you can see it. Sunday mornings, we meet as a big group, and then life groups are smaller groups, and then we do our personal discipleship ministry as one-on-one. So there's various levels of discipleship, and I just thought that was cool, the, the we. It, I don't think it would have stuck out to me if we hadn't been doing this series. Um, so then, okay, so we, what, what are we doing? Back to verse 9. We do not cease to pray for you. So um, they are praying and they don't cease to pray. And that's significant. Um, In verse 3, back up again, it says, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. And we saw a little bit of prayer last night and how Paul had a pattern of prayer. Uh, But I thought it would be cool to kind of run through some verses really quick to see some repetition as Paul talks about how he's praying, what he's doing when he's praying. Um, So from, and I guess I'd hope there were slides, but there's no slides, that's fine, just listen. I'll try and emphasize some of the patterns. But uh, in verse nine we saw, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Romans 1.9 says, without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Ephesians 1.16 says, I cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. Philippians 1.4 says, Always in every prayer of mine. 1 Thessalonians 1.2 We give thanks to God always for you. 2 Thessalonians 1.11 Wherefore also we pray always for you. 2 Timothy 1.3 That without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers. Philemon 1.4 I thank my God making mention of thee always in my prayers. Are you catching on? So, so let me... Let me say it plainly. Pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says. And okay, this is a prison epistle. So Paul was in prison when he wrote this. I mean, he's in bonds. In chapter 4, he talks about, hey, pray for my bonds uh, and all of this. You know, he can't go anywhere. So of course he's praying. What else is he going to do? It seems like he's writing. He wrote this and he's praying. I mean, 
You can't do too much else. So it's kind of, I was thinking through, well, like, well, duh, of course he's praying. Um, he spent a bunch of time praying. He was bound to pray. Maybe. Get it bound. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, right, but listen, we need, we need to pray like that. I mean, he prayed like that was the only thing he could do, and it kind of was, other than, other than writing. And man, that's true to the point where, I mean, he was a prisoner, Man, he, we, he calls himself the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.8 to be a partaker of that also. He says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Now we are prisoners for the Lord Jesus Christ as well. We're to be partakers of that. And we should pray like it's the only thing we can do. I mean, look, even Jesus said, I can of mine own self do nothing in John 5.30. And Psalm 127, one says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Look, if God doesn't do it, it ain't getting done. So we gotta ask him to. We gotta pray. Uh, we can't do anything without it. All right, but he says, so back to verse nine. So we pray, but we also desire. Um, man, Paul's prayer was born out of desire. And James 5.16 says, confess your faults one to another. And pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Fervent. Desire. With desire. Intense. Heated. How, how often do you pray like that? How often do I pray like that? With desire. I mean, what, what is he desiring? I do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Gosh, do we desire that for the people that we know? I mean, think of your lost friends, family members. Do you desire that they be filled with the knowledge of God and, and spiritual understanding? Man, I want that. Think about who they are without Christ and who they could be with him. Oh, man, I desire that. But, and th back to the discipleship note. And do you pray for your, to your, for your disciple with desire if you're discipling somebody? Do you desire that they know the Lord and have spiritual understanding? Uh, I don't see my disciple here, but I was going to look at him and say, him, Mitch, uh, I, where's the verse? Um, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Samuel says, 1 Samuel 12, 23. Man, I can't be a discipler and not praying for my disciple. So we should be doing that. Um, okay, so, but praying that they're filled with the knowledge of his will, right? Are you filled with the knowledge of his will? 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, 17 and 18, pray without ceasing, but 18 says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now there's, there's plenty of places where the Bible straight spells out, this is the will of God. And man, are you, are you filled with that knowledge, knowledge of the word? In discipleship, personal discipleship, we go through a whole section called the, the will of God, and it's pretty cool. Um, so if you haven't been discipled or signed up for discipleship, Man, if you're faithful to come on Sunday mornings, uh, consider that. Check that out and sign up for that. All right, so back to verse 9. The very first part says, for this cause. Okay, so why are, why are we praying? Why are we desiring? For, for what cause? Well, the rest of the verses. Verse 10. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in, uh, yep, and increasing in the knowledge of God, Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power and all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father. 
That's why. Man, for the glory of God. That is the cause. That's the reason. So, let's, all right, go on, jumping into verse 10. The first part. That ye might mock, walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. And the unto all pleasing part kind of struck me as a little, a little odd phrasing, maybe. Um, and I came across 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12. It's just a couple pages over if you wanted to flip there. 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12. It says, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and, in, and ye in him according to the grace of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So to fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. God wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to use us for his goodness, for his pleasure. What's his goodness? Second Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's his goodness. He wants everybody to be saved. But we need to walk worthy of being used uh, by him for that. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Absolutely. Galatians 5, 16. All right, verse 10 goes on. You, that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So this is cool. Last week we started with faith. We saw that. And, and even with the Colossians, they've got faith already. I mean, you can't walk in the Spirit without it. But, verse, well, okay, so we saw 10, B, the B and C, the second and third part. Um, filled with his knowledge, and I'm not in 10. Being fruitful of every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So there's kind of like two things there. All right, so it started with faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you save through faith, that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But the verse that we typically don't memorize, 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Okay, we're created in Christ. Our salvation is unto good works. It's not just for ourselves. God's goodness to others he wants us to get saved. That's his goodness to us. And he wants us to be good for others and do good works. So his goodness to us has been to have goodness through us. His goodness to us has been to have goodness through us. That's how it should sound. Um, okay, but talk about the knowledge part of that. 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for all these said things. But the end of that verse says, why? Why is it given by inspiration of God? That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. The Bible is where we get our knowledge, right? And our spiritual understanding. Right. Why? Truly furnished unto all good works. And that, so that they're, they're related. So scripture is given so that we can be equipped for good works. There's God's goodness through us. So the more we know, the more we can go. Do, right? All right, so that's cool. So you kind of got a salvation verse and a knowledge verse, but they both end with works for a purpose. Um, but I think it's significant the order that Paul mentions these in. He says, uh, fruitful in every good work first, and then he says increasing in the knowledge of God. Well, if you've been around a while, you might be familiar with Second Peter 1, 5 through 7. It's a list uh, of spiritual growth and maturity. And it says, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance, and temperance, patience, and patience, godliness, and it goes on. 
All right, but so that's, that's on purpose. Virtue, faith first, of course, but add to that virtue. What's virtue? Virtue is doing what you know to do and not doing what you know not to do. That is good works. And you add to your virtue fa- uh, knowledge. So then you get knowledge. So that's on purpose. I love the consistency of God's word. Okay, but following that, going right into verse 11, strengthened with all might. Sure enough, the next thing in that list in Peter is temperance. What's temperance? Temperance is balance. It's moderation. If you know anything about swords, I don't know much, but I know with steel. If, you're, if you temper steel, you know, okay, there's a process, hot, cold, or whatever, and it, you know, you're doing all these things to it. You know, it takes a little bit of time, but you're going through this process with it. And at the, at the end, basically the point is, is it balances the steel between hardness and softness, between flexibility and durability. May I say grace and truth. Temperance is a balance, it's moderation, and the result is strength. If your sword is too soft, it can't hold an edge. But if your short sword is too hard, it bends and breaks. All right, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Jeff mentioned this verse a couple weeks back. And the cool thing about that is uh, the doing is what strengthens you. The doing is that which strengthens you. Of course, Christ does. That's obvious. But the point he's trying to make is it's the doing that strengthens you. Okay, so get involved and get temperate. You got to do stuff. Hot, cold, uh, craziness, okay? Do, do it all. Um, learn temperance. Finally, in the end of verse 11, um, according to his power, we saw it, under all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. And so add to your temperance, patience, right? And, you know, we love to see that that is tagged along with long-suffering. Um, Romans 5, 3 through 4 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience, and experience hope. Sometimes we'll have to suffer through tribulation, but that will produce patience in us. And if we hang on, you know, the end result will be hope because God will come through. And hope makes room for joy. God will come through in this life or in the next. That's sure. We can have a sure hope. And we can have joy because of it. Amen. So, according to uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, we can give thanks in everything because that's true. So pray without ceasing, give thanks in everything because of the joy and endure to the end through patience. So finally, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Okay, and so here, uh, this is cool too. I thought, oh, I thought it was all cool. But anyway, anytime the Lord shows you anything, it's cool. Um, Paul's praying and desiring that they give thanks, which is awesome because going back up to verse 3, we, he says, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so verse 3, Paul, what's he Paul doing? He's giving thanks. Okay, when you come down to verse 12, what's he asking them to do and praying that they do? He wants them to give thanks. And that's awesome. That's full circle. That's discipleship. Paul says, be followers of me, even as I am of Christ. Hey, he's giving thanks. He wants you to give thanks. Uh, if you look over... For me, just the next page, Philippians 4, 9. says, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. Paul's giving thanks, and he wants them to give thanks. He's praying for them to give thanks. That's discipleship. Man, we, if you're discipling somebody, you should be worthy of, your walk should be worthy of being followed. They should be able to follow you as you follow Christ. Amen. I need to hear that. 
We need to give thanks to the Father continually because we're praying continually, especially these days. But we can have peace because of the end of verse 12, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light. That's eternal life. And man, <laughs> that's awesome. We, there's our hope, it's eternal life. Where wide ended last week. There it is. We're never, we're never getting any, we're not getting away from it. Um, but man, if you're here and that doesn't describe you, if you're not sure of that hope of eternal life, you need to be. Don't walk out of these doors, out of this building tonight without being sure. In your groups, talk to, talk to them about it. That's worthy of being discussed. Um, and if you are, man, you gotta pray without ceasing, always, continually. Like it's the only thing you can do and do it fervently with desire. So, all right, memory verse is 1 Thessalonians five seventeen through 18. And if you've been in the discipleship program, it should ring a bell. Maybe that's cheating, but it's a verse we should have memorized. 1 Thessalonians five seventeen through 18. Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks that this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So, that's all I got. Um, we good to go into groups? Awesome, go for it, thanks guys.